1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Hello and welcome to Raw, The Fight Within, a brand new podcast series hosted by me, Coogan Cassius. Over the course of the series, I'll be sitting down with some of the most high profile figures from the world of boxing, including fighters, trainers and promoters in order to dig a little deeper and understand their own personal stories. This podcast is about much more than simply what happens inside the ring. It's about the journey, the sacrifices, their agony, the ecstasy, the highs, the lows, the tears and the fears. It's about getting to know the person. Thank you for tuning in and I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, be sure to like, comment and subscribe. This podcast is suitable for over-18s only, as it may contain adult content and explicit language. Well, this week I'm delighted to be joined by big Johnny Fisher. Uh, first of all, Johnny, thank you for coming on to uh, my new podcast. Uh, like the setting, yeah? <laughs> it's your house.
1: Setting's all right. It's just where we remain quiet while we're talking. That's the only problem. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Honoured.
0: No problem. Um We've kind of, we've done a few interviews, obviously, over the last year or so, year and a half or so, obviously, since your your boy turned over pro and kind of, we kind of know you, but we feel like, I suppose I feel like more so that we don't really know you. So I suppose this was the idea to get you on here and kind of delve into you a little bit deeper. Uh, I know, I remember the first interview that I tried to do with you or did do with you, you were half on the
1: panic about it, weren't you? Well, yes, I was it fight camp. The one you're talking about, and Johnny was just coming out, the ring walk, and uh, I was very, very nervous, and you, you shoved the camera right in my face and you wouldn't leave me alone, and I thought you was joking, but you wasn't. So I, I got to know a lot about you that day.
0: <laughs> from that one moment, from that one moment. Um, all right, let's, let's kind of ease you into this. Um, what, what's your first kind of memories, if you, obviously I know you're like, obviously in your 30s or whatever you are, 40s, 40s. Yeah, There we go. Uh, what are your first memories of, of boxing in general, like when you was a, a kid?
1: For myself, boxing. Um, memories like watching on television, Frank Bruno, um, Charlie Magri. And then obviously I used to box myself. Just go in, used to box at the Lion. Just, just like, remember it really, like being bloody hard. hard hardest thing I've ever done in my life, to be truthful, but a rewarding thing as well.
0: Do you remember the first fight that you actually attended, like, as a fan? Do you remember the first time you ever went to, like, a an actual professional boxing show? Or not necessarily professional, but just a boxing show?
1: I think uh, one of the first, the ones that sticks in my mind was Gary Delaney's debut. Because uh, we went and watched that, because he was a little bit older than me at the time. And we went and watched that, and I think he won one in the first round or second round. And do you know what? I can't, I think it was your call, but I can't, I couldn't I wouldn't put money on whether it was York call, but I just it just sticks in my mind so I remember him the, the other the other man come out swinging and like Gary obviously a good amateur and he was like a bit under pressure but then Gary just hit him and I remember him knocking the bloke spark out so that's stuck in my mind yes So who who
0: was like the first ever fighter that you kind of took notice of and uh, like you remember seeing and kind of for me it was always Prince Nassim Hamid. he was the, the person that made me kind of fall in love with boxing I only used to watch uh, Prince Nassim Hamid... Uh, you just stay up and watch his fights in America, et cetera, at a silly o'clock at a young age. But for yourself, like who do you remember Like that first kind of fighter that you remember seeing and then kind of them following?
1: Like, I was always into my boxing. Not into it religiously, you know, but I always followed it. Marvin Agler, he's one that I remember as a, as a boy. Because you've got to remember back then when I was growing up, you didn't have the social media, you didn't have the coverage that you have now. So it was just seeing clips here and clips there. But the main one, I suppose, was Mike Tyson. You know, everyone, that, that's when boxing sort of caught a light with all my friends, you know, because of, of Tyson. So uh, that's coming straight to me now as Mike Tyson.
0: Mm. You make a good point there because I think, like, when even people of my age or age, doesn't matter, when you were following boxing from kind of a child, say, like 30, 40 years ago, whenever, like, you were literally looking for newspaper cuttings of reports or you were looking at, like, the fight nights ITV used to do etc. etc. But apart from that little, sh- small little pool, there wasn't really anything else to get to know fighters
1: compared to what it is today. It, it was it's crazy, really, when you think like, I'm thinking back now. You just get the Boxing Weekly, Boxing News, but you didn't. There was nothing on the telly. You know, you couldn't just go on a computer and log in and see everything like what you can now. So when it came on the telly, you was like he was enthralled. You know, if they had like little snippets, but yeah, it is weird how. But then I suppose then back in that day as well, we used to people used to talk a lot more. We used to you know used to get on the phone and actually talk to people and meet people and then discuss it rather than just all be on your phones individually.
0: Yeah, that's another good point to be fair because before like the element of phones uh, yeah. being so accessible, I think like yeah you had to have a chat about it and yeah. I suppose if someone had a bit of news they'd ring you up or or whatever and that's how you'd find out. Yeah. Now it's like on your phone and yeah. it's there. Which is, yeah, there's pluses and negatives to it, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah it's like my sons, obviously, and my daughter, they, they wouldn't realise what it's like growing, growing up without that at the touch of a button, you know? But as you said, you used to, people used to ring you up, have you heard this, have you heard that? And then things used to snowball round like that. But you never, you never used to know anything until you got the newspaper the next day. Mm. So, you know, but obviously it's probably better now, but sometimes I think we get too much information too soon, you know, before you actually know the facts. But but then saying that, you don't know whether to believe what you read in newspapers anyway, so you've got to make your own mind up. Ah, well yeah.
0: I think this is a it's a good conversation. It's probably a different conversation to what we're we're staring into, but I think yeah, you make a good point of kind of like growing up following different aspects of boxing is completely
1: different to it is what it is now. Totally different. And uh as I say, overall I suppose it's better now. But it's good to have had how it was as well. You know, you experienced both sides of it. So I'm glad I have, because totally different for the children growing up now. Totally different. Mm.
0: So, okay, right, random one here. Uh, I kind of make my rules up with this question, so let's, let's work around it. If you were to choose your own fight club, right, so you, you've got to choose a five-man team, including yourself. So you're going to choose two teams here, right? You're going to choose one for the ring... And one for the street. So basically, like I said, I'm half making this up as I'm going along. Uh, five on five in the ring. You can tag people. Who would you have alongside you? Whether they're here or not here. Whether they're past, present. Whether they're in boxing or not in boxing. It doesn't matter. There's no rules to it. Who would right. you have alongside Big John Fisher?
1: Right, in the ring. So four others other than yes. me. Tyson fury. Yeah. King of the Ring, you know, undoubtedly. Lennox Lewis, another King of the Ring. Muhammad Ali. Um, that's, the, that's the easy part so far. Mike Tyson. Yeah. So one more. Johnny Fisher.
0: Yeah? Yeah. I like that. Sticking yeah. your boy in Stick there. him in there, yeah. Because
1: so. I know I he'd, know he'd fight to the death for me, so uh, I'd have him in there, definitely. <laughs> so
0: you, your boy Johnny, uh, Ali, Lennox Lewis, and... Fury. Fury.
1: What a, what a group that is.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I, we haven't got a, like a, an opponent's team yet, but <laughs> I, think I think they've gone home, John, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> right, if you're going to the street now, right. it was just, by the way, just for the purposes... I've got to say this every time I do this because I don't, we're not promoting no. any kind of... This is hypothetical. We're not yeah. promoting any kind of uh, street nice. fights, etc. But if it was a hypothetical street fight, um, five on five... Who are you having on the street? Right.
1: Lenny McLean,' yeah. to start off with Roy Shaw, Rocky Marciano, Sonny Liston, and the last one. My other son, Wilbatross, because he's a lunatic.
0: OK, so Wilbatross goes in ahead of your boy, yeah. Johnny, Yeah, on the streets.: yeah.
1: On the street. Johnny, uh, I, I wouldn't like to see Johnny fight on the street, so uh, he can keep it in the ring.
0: Okay. I like the way you didn't really even give that much
1: thought, and you didn't even know that question was coming so oh, it's, it's just this as I say it's an interesting question one that I never thought I'd ever be asked but uh, thank you very much <laughs>
0: um, if you weren't in the boxing business and you know obviously we'll try and get into this a little bit later on in this podcast, but you, you, you had kind of involvement as, as a boxer, but if you weren't in the whole boxing business as such what do you think you'd be doing what do you think even the fishers would be doing
1: well as i say like we all of us apart from johnny earn our living outside of boxing you know i don't i don't earn a penny from boxing i just help johnny where i can my wife now obviously she works for johnny but she was a teaching assistant for 15 years so um it's johnny's brought us into the boxing fold you know without johnny we wouldn't be anywhere near it but you know, as I say, I still earn a living outside of boxing. Um, the William and Emery earn a living up the city, working hard. And as I say, Charlotte's the only one who earns a living with Johnny alongside in the boxing. But I would like to one day earn a living in, in boxing if I could because it's enjoyable and you, hopefully you could help. i like to sort of be able to help boxers as well because, you know, you see a lot of people get done over left, right and centre. You know, it'd be nice to have you know, to be able to give a bit back to, to boxers, to the actual boxers who put their lives on the line day in, day out.
0: It, it's an interesting one with yourself and kind of I, I include you and your, your whole family because you have got other aspects of your life in in whichever way and and boxing is a part of that. But I suppose there's other families out there where like boxing is everything and if they didn't have that then they probably maybe not struggle but they'd pose a question to where they would go but for yourselves I think would you say that life
1: would carry on as normal if boxing wasn't involved it's it's a good question because sometimes like we, we get asked all the time or we get said oh Johnny he's going here he's going there he's going to take you with him that's not up to Johnny to take us anywhere with him Johnny's got to take himself where he can get to you know but if and boxing's the hardest sport in the world an injury a bad defeat anything you could stop boxing at any time so we're thankfully, like, we're fortunate that we do earn money away from boxing. So, you know, Johnny can earn what he wants. Hopefully he gets as much as he can while he can do it. But, um, yeah, we, you know, we've got Henry. He's good on the social media. We've got William Wilbertross. You know, they're building other things. The boxing helps, don't get me wrong. Goes hand in glove. But it's not solely reliant on it. And I'd say it to anybody, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You've got to try and... Be as good as you can in as many things as you can, you know, just to earn a living. There's, at the end of the day, all anyone wants to do is earn a living. Mm. You know, that's all we that's all we strive for. Uh,
0: you make a good point there, because I think that we see kind of a lot of fighters that retire. And if they're fortunate enough to go into kind of some kind of trainer role, and we know when you're starting off as a trainer, it's the financial aspect of that is never going to be great. The, the, doesn't matter who you've got. Um, And also, if you go into some sort of, like, punditry on TV, you're fortunate. But there's a big pool of people there that kind of come away from boxing. And because that's all they've known, they don't really know what to do after that.
1: You make a good point there, Coogan, because, like, the ones that go into punditry, few and far between. And once they're in a punditry job, they're not going to come out of that. Going into trainers, as well, not every boxer will make a good trainer. Yeah. You know, it's, it doesn't just doesn't work that way. And I've seen boxers, from like not talking about Johnny now, but from when I used to train years ago, you see boxers, they put their all, they give everything to the sport. And very, you know, very commonly the sport doesn't give anything back. You know, you, you, it's only the top, top ones, or the ones with big followings that earn enough money to retire and not have to do anything outside of boxing. And it's a shame because boxers... Like I'm talking personally now. I think they give a lot more than a lot of other sportsmen give, but very little reward. People don't see that. They might see the Furies fighting, you know, uh, and like AJ and Usyk and getting hundreds of millions, but that's a very, very small percentage, you know. You think of every show that goes on in the country, around the country, every week, you know, some of them boxers, they just earn enough to pay their trainers, pay their managers, and they're left with very little at the end of it because they're hoping that they're going to get there one day, but 99% of them don't. You know, and it's it's a shame because boxers, you know, on the whole we're not talking about everyone, but on the whole, they're a different breed of, of person. You know, whether they're men, women, they train, they give everything, they're disciplined, they they sacrifice their whole life to, to pursue their sport. Mm. Not many other sportsmen do that, mm. or women.
0: And I think as well, it doesn't matter whether you're Tyson Fury or a, a one and only novice, everyone goes into that ring. I know it's a little bit cliche with the same risk. All of them go in there with that health risk. Whether you're Titan Fury or, like I said, the one and only novice, it doesn't matter. Everything in between and anyone goes in there. So, basically, you're, do, you're all doing the same job. It's obviously, some people are rewarded more because of like profile, etc., and, and their career path. But, ultimately, the risk is the same in any fighter.
1: Listen, people might be watching this, they say, but no-one's forcing them to do it. Yeah, no-one forces anyone to do anything, and boxers know the risk. Like a firefighter knows the risk. Like a, a, an NHS, like a paramedic and an ambulance knows the risk. You know, it's, every job has got a certain element of risk about it. But, yeah, it's just, you know, some people have no other option but to go into boxing. Like, I'll talk about my own son, Johnny. He chooses to box. You know, he's got a history degree. He could, could have gone down many other paths, many other lines. But some people, they can't. They've only got that boxing route. It's the only thing they're good at. So, you know, it's just... You've got to try and earn the best living you can, the easiest way you can, but when you talk about risk, it doesn't matter if you're 20 and a 20-0 and 0 prospect or you've had 50 fights, lost half of them, you're a journeyman, everyone that gets in there has that risk. And it's not just the fight, it's the training, it's the constant sparring, it's when you've got to lose weight, when you've got to drain your weight, it's, it's, that's where the danger is. Mm. You know, thankfully, Johnny doesn't have that because he's heavyweight, but a lot of boxers do. And I've seen, it, I've seen it first-hand, even at amateur gyms, when people have got to lose a couple of kilos in a day or two days, that's, that's the dangerous part for me.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? outside of the ring do you remember the first ever kind of whether it was an altercation a fight an argument the most serious one do you remember like the first time there must be something in your brain that as a child a teenager whenever it was that you thought right this is yeah that kind of sticks in your brain is kind of the first time you had that kind of encounter
1: yeah like a junior school you have little scuffles you know with the hierarchy you know whether people like to it or not boys they like to find a pecking order but when I went to senior school, he was like a bully, won't mention any names, and he was like bullying people. A couple of years older than me, and I used to box then. And I remember he tried to push me about. And my dad always used to say, like, from my granddad to my dad to me, don't let anyone push you about. Whatever you do, stand your ground. And he, and he pushed me, and uh, we had a fight, and thankfully I came out on top. But after that, we became friends. You know, that's what you find a lot of the time. And I probably only had two or three fights during senior school, because once you have a fight and people know you can look after yourself. But I'm not condoning fighting. I don't, you know, you shouldn't have to fight. But sometimes when you were a boy, you're left with no other choice. But again, it was different then to it is now. Because now you've got knives. You know, there was no knives about when I was growing up. It was just a fight. And at the end of the day, you hit each other a few times and then you got over it. You know, but now, different, different ball game now. Totally.
0: See, like, see, my dad would never have given me that advice. Do you know what I mean? Like, my dad wasn't kind of that way inclined to give me that advice of, you know, someone hits you, you hit him back, and blah, 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 blah. So I had to kind of figure things out. Mm-hmm. And while I was figuring things out, I got punched in the face. But, you know, that's just kind of part and parcel of life in a way. But I suppose if you're being told from a child that, right, you don't have that, if someone does this, you, you know, you've got to stick up for yourself, et cetera. But if you're not getting that advice... It is different.
1: Listen, a lot of a lot of what you do comes from what you get at home. Some children haven't got a father figure at home, or even a mother figure at home to give advice. So, what you just said there, a lot of children have to work it out for themselves. Um, but I did. I was lucky. I had a strong family around me. My dad, I mean, my great, my granddad had sixty odd professional fights. His his dad got the cat of nine tails. One of the last men in Britain to get the cat of nine tails because he killed someone on a boat. Um, but different eras, different you know, but we was always told, do not let anyone ever take liberties with you. No, My dad always used to say to me, whether you're going to get a good idea, whether you're going to get, you've always got to stand your ground. And I, I still think that's good advice. You've got to know when to be cute as well. You've got to know when to use your brain. So like I say to my sons, but, you know, I would never ever tell one of my sons, you've got to start saying, you've got to pick on people. I hate, I hate bullies, but you've got to stand up to them, mm. you know, because when you do stand up to them, you find that the bully, as we all know, is not a bully for much longer, no. you know. But, listen, different areas, different times. Well, I still say the same to my boys. I've said it to them all the way growing up, you know. Um, you don't let anyone take bits with you. You've got to stand your ground. But, as I say, I'm saying that from a point of view now. It is worrying out there at the moment because things are different. And it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. But it's different, you know. Some children they are put in different situations where you've got to use your brain. You've got to think on your feet.
0: Yeah, I think... uh, Sorry, just... I just want to kind of just add something to what I said to you there, that, like, (coughs) with myself, it was... I never told my parents anything. Like, if anything ever (laughs) happened, they would never, ever know. I was very good at shielding things and kind of hiding things. So if your son... Let's talk about, like, even Johnny or whoever is coming up to you or not coming up to you and telling you about any problems and they're dealing with themselves then it changes the dynamics of that.
1: You're totally right. You know, I I used to tell my dad everything. You know, I worked with my dad for 30 years. We were best friends as well as being father and son. And thankfully, my boys have been like that with me. So, obviously, things they might not have told me, but on the whole, we, we're open. But, yeah, you can. There are children that go home, they don't talk to their parents. They don't talk to their parent figure at home. So, then that's a whole different ball game. you know. It's it's hard to work things out when you can't work things out if you're not told, you know, but I always believe whatever problem you've got, it's better to be shared. It's better to talk because once you share or halve a half pro- the problem becomes halved. That's you know there's 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 problems people have in business, in life with money, once you share that problem, it's not such a big problem no matter how big you think it is. That's that's my problem, you know, that's my advice. And like I've been in business you have, you have problems in business, you have problems in life, but share them, talk to people that you trust. And once you talk to people that you trust, it becomes, the problem's not as big. That's, that's what I believe.
0: There's two sides to that though, is isn't there? Because even though mentally you could be talking to someone about it and it's like, you feel like, right, you've spoken about it, because you're speaking about it, you feel like, okay, so the burden is kind of lifting a little bit, but the reality of the problem doesn't really go away. Is that a fair point?
1: That is a fair point. As I said, the problem will always be there, but if if one problem is shared between two or three people, yeah. then that problem, then then part of that problem has been lifted. Yeah. Still there, still got to address it. But if you talk to people that you trust, then you come to, you go, how can we sort this out? You know, it's yeah, yeah. That's, that's one thing I miss. I mean, my dad's been gone ten years now, but he'd always give you the right advice, whether you wanted to hear it or not. He'd tell you the truth. You know, and sometimes the truth hurts, but sometimes you need to hear the truth. So you've got to talk to people you trust and that people love you. Mm. Otherwise, you know, you could be talking to the wrong person and it's, and it's not going to help. Mm. But for me, for my experiences, I think a problem shared is a problem. A problem shared is a problem solved, And I think that's true. Do you remember
0: a time where you felt you were fighting a losing battle in your life?
1: Not, not really. I've had I've had pretty uh, pretty good upbringing. As I say, I've had a family around me that supported me all the time. Sometimes the only the only thing I can relate to, and a lot of people relate to this, is is losing battles with like football. I used to play a lot of football. Played for Latin Orient up to the age of sixteen. Played for Essex, captain Davin District. But like that's the only thing. Sometimes you can be as good as you want on a football field, but if someone don't give you a chance, then it doesn't matter how good you're doing. So that's that's. That question, that's what's come to me straight away is football, you know, because you could be the best player, but if someone don't like you, it's opinions, then you are fighting a losing battle no matter what you do, you know, but as I say, I'm not not saying that from a negative point of view, that's just just come to me, what you're thinking. Everything else in life, you have your little ups and downs, you have your problems, you just have to try your best and get on with it. That's, you know, not everything's going to go your way, and when you think everything's going to go your way, it never does anyway, so you've just got to get on with it, that's life.
0: I think if everything went your way, you learn nothing from life, no. do you?
1: Exactly, and that's what life's all about, learning from your mistakes. Anyone can make a mistake. Anyone can do something really bad. As long as you learn from it, you can move on from it, you know? I've, I've met people like over the last few years, that when we was at school, that was horrible. Like, we're horrible people, but we're sort of friends now, you know, because people change. And, and you've got to allow people to change as well. Just because you've done something bad or you've been bad in the past don't mean you're bad now, mm. you know? So you've got to be open to that. That's what that's what I think.
0: What what causes do you think are worth fighting for? Um, what what does kind of not just well you can relate it to yourself or you? I feel like your whole family kind of has the same values and morals. But what call what causes do you think are worth fighting for in life? Not necessarily associated with boxing, but just in life. What do you think is worth fighting for?
1: Well, first and foremost, family. Yeah. You know, you have got to fight for your family because without your family, what have you got? You know, but then saying that sometimes you fight for your family, and I've seen it so many times. Are oh, they worth fighting for? You know, it's not always the case. But for me, your family, obviously your home. If you've got a business, you've got to fight for your business. You've got to fight for your way, your way of life, basically. You know, I'm I'm uh, quite, you know, happy-go-lucky. Quite easy. People can do what they want. You know, I'm I'm not um, judgmental of people. People want to live their lives. That's fine. But. I should be able to live my life as well. How I think I should be able to, you know. So, yeah. But first and foremost, family. And I think a lot of people would uh, would answer that question. But you know, we had all this. You know, growing up, the boys would get girlfriends, and sometimes you think, oh, you know, don't get in arguments over silly things. That's what I, I would say. Fighting is the last resort. I've always said that. You only fight if you have to. If you're being attacked, someone's like giving you no option fighting is the last result. Fighting is for idiots on the street. Totally. So, but it's the last result and as I said to you, thankfully in my life I can count probably on both hands the amount of fights I've had out, outside on the street so hopefully my boys won't have to be out of count on one hand. Hopefully.
0: For yourself personally, what are the, what are the everyday battles for, for John Fisher, for big Johnny Fisher? What are the everyday battles?
1: Well, first and foremost is my weight. I'm doing quite well. I've lost two and a half stones so far but then like We've got a big family, so there's always a celebration or something going on. And then you have a, a pint of beer. And once I have one pint of beer, I can't stop. And then you have something to eat. That's the biggest battle for me, my weight. I've never, I was never overweight when I was younger. I've put that on over the last few years. I think probably stress of business, family. No excuse. It's just the way it is and becoming too comfortable, too easy. Um, so, so one is my weight, but I'm, I'm addressing that at the moment. Secondly, daily battles, when you're in business, like I work for myself, you've got no one else to rely on. It's all on you. So if we don't earn money, your bills don't get paid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like what a lot of people go through. But I don't work for a massive corporation. I can't phone in sick. I can't. When I'm on holiday, you're always on the end of the phone. We're trying to change it a little bit now. We're trying to make life a bit easier like that. But people don't see it. You, we work hard. You know, We all work hard. But um but that's been put into us as well. You know, work ethic, I think work is important, you know, you've got to have a work ethic. But it would be nice if life was a little bit uh easier at times, but it is what it is, you know, and we, we don't have a bad life, so uh can't complain can't complain at all.
0: Yeah, look, I mean I've uh, <coughs> the the weight uh issue that you talked about there, I think a lot of people kind of have had that etc or have it etc and go through it. it's not really that much spoken about to be honest with you about how difficult it is and it's like the old cliche of losing the weight's one thing but keep, like keeping the weight off is is the key obviously but for yourself we can see you've gone like your your training we see kind of the the videos that you do etc etc so it must be something that you're, you're looking for, for your health more so than anything to put kind of back to how it was?
1: Listen, I, I don't care less how I look. I don't care less how people think of me. That's one thing. But there are people out there that do. I mean, some of the abuse i get on social media for being overweight. But I'll put myself on social media. So I'm out there. If people want to have a pop, let them have a pop. i just ignore it. But that don't bother me one bit. But you're spot on. I want to lose a bit of weight for my health. I've always been big. I've always, when, I was, when I was 13, 14, I was not fat, but I was always big. People thought I was like 18, 20. I've always looked older than what I have, just the way it is. But now I've got to shift. The, I've shifted two and a half stone. I want to shift about another four stone. But I've got to do it gradually. It's what you said. I've shifted four stone once before and put five stone back on. You know, it's the easy part is, yeah. is losing it. The hard part is keeping it off. And I've that so many times. But, yeah, it is just for health. You know, I'm 50 next year. I'm 48 now. 49 October, 50 next year. I want to be around till I'm 70, 80 so I can help my kids. Do you know what I mean? So I can be around for advice because I lost my dad to cancer and I know what it's like not having him at the end of a phone for advice. If that's all it is, do you know what I mean? Just someone that you know is going to tell you the truth. So I want to be around because I know the pitfalls that are out there in life and and I just want to be able to help my kids as best I can that way. So I'm I'm losing the weight for, for them as much as me. But it's gonna come off slowly because I do enjoy my food, I do enjoy a beer, I can't just shut down all that altogether. Otherwise, for me, there's no point in living as well. You know, but we're getting there. We're getting there slowly but surely.
0: But but for yourself as well, because I see all the, the social posts you put out, it's like it's also I know you're doing it to kind of possibly inspire other people in the same position to because we are like a lot of people, like, I watch some of your videos and I think to myself, like, right, today's the day. I'm going to go on this diet. I want to lose, like, this amount of weight, etc., etc. And I think a lot of people do that. And I think you do that because you know that there are other people in the same kind of boat as you.
1: Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. When I first started, it's, it's purely for me. You know what I mean? Just for me to lose weight. But since I've been doing it, and uh, I've been getting message after message after message from people saying, you're inspiring me. I'm going to start losing weight. So, like, sometimes I might say, I'm, like, so I'm going to have a pint of beer, and Charlotte will say to me. Do you need that? You said, like, people are looking at what you're doing now, you know. And, and she's right. I mean, I had a message from Eddie Hall, the world's strongest man. Tyson Fury messages me about my weight loss. Eddie Err messages me. So you've got them three people, like, looking at what you're doing on social media. So, you know, if that's not her motivation, I don't know what is. But as I said to you, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, I'm going to live off salad for the next. I'm not. I can't do that. I've got to have my treats. And, and like, I'm on the muscle food plan. And they say, yeah, you've got to have couple of days a week where you do treat yourself and 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 come off it you know but a uh, big shout out to danny at vip because he's like putting me through my paces and he's he's like when i first started i was doing the pads we was doing 30 seconds now we're doing two two and a half minute rounds and i might not look like i'm losing a lot but i'm getting fitter i'm walking for miles now whereas before if i saw steps i wouldn't i wouldn't go up the steps i look for the lift now i just go up the steps don't even bother so it's just a little little things, you know. So if, if I've done that in like six months, what can I do in the next six months? So, but it's slowly, slowly but surely, definitely. When was the last time you felt you were having to fight back tears? It's uh, do you know what? I'm not like an emotional type of person. I'm pretty uh, what you see is what you get. But every now and alpha and then. male, not not alpha male. It's just the way I am. Do you know what I mean? I very rarely, very rarely get emotional, um, but. Sometimes I'll be sitting here on my own. I very rarely cry in front of people. A couple of times I've done it, but I'll be sitting on my own. A song will come on and it reminds me of my dad. And once, you know, once, once you start, you can't stop. And like sometimes like shots come what's the matter? Are you all right? I just say, yeah, yeah, I've got a fever or, you know, but it's, it's shock. It's terrible. Like 10 years ago, my dad passed and there, there might be one word or one song. And you just, a trigger, yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, but I don't see anything wrong with that, you know, because my dad meant everything to me and uh, I, I still miss him every day, you know? We talk about him every day, he's a big part of our family, big part of Johnny's life, big part of the kid's life, you know, but it's more so with Johnny because we've got like the other children, we used to take them and my dad said, I'll take Johnny Boxing, I'll take Johnny Boxing, and they, they, well, it's a real strong bond, you know? But unfortunately, like he was taken at the age of 67 just when he retired, worked all his life, you know? And then, uh, but yeah, that's the, that's the only thing that sort of triggers me, if I'm being truthful. You know, don't get me wrong, your kids, you love your kids, but touch wood, everyone's fitting and well, everyone's still here. So it's, uh, you know, it's just, I do get triggered by certain songs.
0: When you say 67 is absolutely no age for anyone. And, uh like, my dad's 75 now, and I think sometimes you do. I think people take for granted, kind of, when your parents, et cetera, uh, are still here, you can go and visit them, et cetera, et cetera, I think we all take it for granted, and I think, like, like, what advice I've always had is, not advice, but just comments in general, is, like, just don't have regrets after, do you know what I mean? Without sounding too morbid, like, just don't have regrets after, because there is a time for everyone, and you don't want to be sitting there going, right, I should have done this, I should have, I've spent more time, I should have gone and seen him, I should have did this.
1: Well, that was, like, I did, like, a talk at my dad's funeral, and that was one of the things that I did say, Funny enough. I had no regrets with my dad. We were what we were, do you know what I mean? We argued, we shouted at each other, we worked with each other for, for God knows how many years. We sat opposite each other in our office, we buy and sell cheese, and I've had, we've had arguments, I'm not working with you anymore, I'm going home, you know what I mean? Shouting at each other, but then that next night we'll be sitting, that same night we'll be sitting down having Chinese together. But yeah, you can't, listen, you can't live your life like being false either. You've got to live your life, life is busy, we're all busy. It's even my mum. She comes round, and you think, for God's sake, she gets on my bloody nerves. Keeps asking questions. But one day she's not going to be here, and then you wish that she was asking him questions. But yeah. while she's here, I'm still going to get the ump, you know, because she does repeat, repeat, repeat. But it's you've just got you've got to live your life normally. But yeah, you've also got to be aware of how lucky we are to have our loved ones around. You know, there's people more unlucky than me. You know, there's kids out there that've lost dads or mums at a young age. You know, I was fortunate. I got my dad till he was 67. Yeah, it's no age, but at least I grew up, and I had him, you know what I mean, all them years. Some people don't even get that. And some people lose their sons and daughters, you know. I can't imagine what that would be like. I really can't. So you've just got to, just got to be thankful in life. What you said earlier on, you know, what brings you down. Things bring me down, but we haven't really got anything to be down about, you know, because touch with everyone we love around us is fitting well, you know, it's so got to be thankful for that.
0: Do you know what, like, yeah, my mum's 75 this year, and sometimes I just think, like, Mum, please, leave me alone.
1: No. Leave me <laughs> alone. Because
0: she's more on my case now than when I was growing up. Exactly. And <laughs> I'm 41, John, yeah. do you know what I mean? So when she gets on my case about a lot of things, no. she might hear this interview, she thinks I smoke, I don't. <clears throat> anyway, but she uh, gets on my case, and I do think, oh, Mum, leave me alone, but, the, you know, I hate to say it, but, yeah... At some point, I'm going to think, I, I wish my mum was still on my case about anything.
1: She's only doing that because she loves you. Do you know what I mean? You only do it because, like we have it with our with our children, like, not Johnny, because obviously he trains, but others come in late at night. What are you coming in that time for? And we must, they must think, get lost. Do you know what I mean? But you're only doing it because you're worried about them. You don't want them being out late at night. You don't want them doing things they shouldn't be doing. But it's called being young. You know, they've got to find their own way in life as well. But I'd rather be like that, telling them what I think than, not, than having someone not telling them anything at all. But yeah, but my mum, she does get on my bloody nerves sometimes, I'm telling you. I said, mum, you just asked me that. She hasn't got dementia or anything like that. She's just got to be talking. You know, sometimes silence is, is better than talking. But um, no, we're we, we still family. I, mean, I think my mum's 76 now, so we're grateful we've still got her around, you know, so uh, long that continue.
0: Absolutely. Do you feel like everything um, you've achieved in your life and it's not, this ain't really to do with, like, your boys, your, your daughter, your family, but just you as a man, everything that you've achieved in your life, do you feel like, has anything come without a fight? Has everything feel like you've had to fight for that?
1: Not not had to fight. I mean, when you say achieved, I don't mean really, you know, we achieved, we brought up four children, thankfully, doing a good job with that. Hopefully, you know, so far, so good. Been married for since uh, 1996, so I've been married to the same woman, you know, we met each other when we were very young, I'm, I'm proud of that fact as well, um, but yeah, we haven't, we haven't achieved greatness or anything like that, but whatever we have got around us, it's not been easy, you know, you have your struggles, you have your strains, you have your daily stresses, but not nothing anyone doesn't else go through, you know, I think, I think we all, in this country, if you've got that, you want that, you know, no one's ever satisfied with just having that. So you always want a bit more. And obviously, people have got a lot more than me. People have got a lot less than me. So I'm somewhere in the middle. And yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a daily grind. I call it a daily grind. It's not nothing you can't handle, but it's, it's a grind. Life is a grind, but it's a, even more so now for people. You know, things are going up. Wages are not going up as fast as things are going up. And everyone's feeling it. You know, so I think we'll have a little bit of more grind for another couple of years. But then hopefully we can uh, get out the other side of it.
0: Where do you think your fighting spirit comes
1: from? Listen, as I said to you before, like our family, they all come from the east end of London. So they've had to fight for whatever they got. You know, my granddad, I heard story. you know, you hear stories about how they grew up, people and everything else. So and my, dad, they had to, my dad had to fight for everything he had. You know, I think that's why we haven't had to fight so much our generation because our parents did. Mm. You know, after the war, things were tough. And then, like, my mum and dad's generation, they didn't have anything. And they've worked their way out of the East End and they've ended up with nice houses and all through hard work, you know. So I think they did the more of the hard work. And our, my generation didn't have to work as hard enough. And I worry for, like, the generation coming through a little bit because I think it's... I think now the individuality has been taken away from life. You know, like when my dad was, was making his way, you could be a, a duck and a diver, a wheeler dealer, you could have a bit of personality. But I think, I think now the, the younger generation is all going to be told what to do and how to do it. And I don't think that's a good thing. You know, I think life should be about personality, it should be about striving, get as far as you can. But all legally, you know, do everything the right way, but try and, try and get as far as you can in life. That's, that's what I believe.
0: Do you ever feel like you're still or having to fight demons?
1: Uh, not really. I'm not. I'm not. Um, as I said to you before, I'm quite straight laced. I'm quite straight down the line. Um, you know, I've got no regrets in life. Certain things you could have done differently, but anyone can say that. Um, and I'm I'm happy where I'm in life, so I'm I'm quite content with what I've got. You know, I'm, I've got a, a wife that I've been with, as I said, for like thirty odd years. Four children, I still got other family. My sisters and that all live local, you know. So, um, no demons, no, no demons. Just, just everyday grind. That's all I'd say. Everyday grind.
0: You fight for your family and kind of. I'm not just going to subject this to Rob because we just know how many tickets to, to your boy Johnny sells, but you fight for kind of everything that you you believe in. And like I said your family, et cetera, and, and people that are close to you. But who, who fights for you? Who's got your back? Who can you kind of rely on in
1: that respect? Listen, my wife I can rely on. I know that. You know, we've been through thick and thin together. she would always be there for me. And I know my sons and my daughter will always be there. But I've got my mum. She, she would give everything that she's got for me, you know, and the family. Uh, and hopefully you think you could rely on your sisters and your brother-in-laws. You know, we've got a good support network. Johnny's got a lot of people that like him through the family, um, you know, I've got some good brother-in-laws and I've got some good friends as well. So, no one to fight for you like your family will, the immediate family, but we have got people that look out for, we all look out for each other, to be truthful. You know, that's the community. We still have got a community around here and we've still got that sort of spirit, which comes from the East End. You know, that's what was instilled in, in our mums and dads and we've still got that around here. You know, they, I could, people down the street, you know, if I needed them, I've got people on my phone that I haven't spoke to for 10 years. If I rang them up and said, look, there's five blokes outside my front door, can you come and help me, they'd be here. You know. So I've got, I've got plenty of uh, people that would, would help me. What,
0: what has boxing taught you about people behind you? Because for myself, not being kind of obviously in the, the athlete kind of <laughs> uh, phase of this, but what has boxing kind of taught you about the people that are there for you? Is that a separate question or is that
1: do you entwine it into one? No, you can you can ask that question. You know, I've got to be truthful <laughs> with you. I think in boxing, from what I've seen, and now I haven't seen a lot of it, you've got to remember I was an amateur boxer myself but I've only seen through Johnny and he's got a lot of good people around him but I can honestly say the good people are there and they'll always be there but certain people will probably only be with you while you're winning, while you're selling tickets. I'm being honest, yeah, it's of a course. business, yeah, yeah, of course. you know. If Johnny weren't selling the tickets he was selling, if he started having bad performances, not many people have gone hang around. You know, it's only certain people. You know, I've seen plenty of boxers, they have, lo- they have losses and they're like, it's like the end of the world. Why is it the end of the world? It shouldn't be the end of the world. But we're in that, everyone's, everything's got to be perfect. You know, my dad always said to me, we had Johnny, Johnny and Mr Ailet can hear this, Johnny played for his school football team at Marshalls Park. They won everything. They won like 20 games on the run. Really good team. This is what I'm talking about 12 year old boys, you know, school football. And Mr. Ailet, good as gold. And my dad always used to say to me, You'll know about Mr. Ailet when he loses his first game, what sort of man he is. And Mr. Ailet was still the same when we lost that first game after the, the winning the games. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. a good man, a proper man. But there's not a lot, of, there's some people out there that when they lose that game, you show your true colours. Whoa, whoa, and then everything changes. But that's a good one and then, what's the old adage I think Jimmy Tibbs said this to me he said don't worry about who's in the changing room you after yeah. you win it's when you lose yeah. and talking to Jimmy Tibbs you know some of the stories he says he says when he lost the fight no one was in there and he, and he can remember who was in there with him and Johnny's had it Johnny like London Championships as an amateur won the, won the semi-final everyone hey, lost the final on a split decision boxed the wrong fight thought he could knock the bloke out but he just set the box but that's boxing Lost a split decision, could have gone either way. But then we still went and had a meal and had a drink and he still had the same people with him. Do you know what I mean? So, it's But with professional boxing, people will only be with you, I think, while they're getting sank out of you. There's not many people that will be with you when they're not getting sank off you. And it, I think that's just the way it is.
0: You say that's the way it is. Is that just life? Is that Are you OK with that?
1: I'm OK with it because, you know... I'm okay with it for the reason being that I'm Johnny's dad, and you've got to be selfish yourself. If something's not right, change it. You know, and I'll say this about anything: if he's not happy, change it. You've got to be selfish yourself, so because you know, at the blink of an eye, they'll change you. So if you're not happy, change it. Change what's not right. You know, it's and I'm talking about anything. You know, in boxing, and I'm happy. With, I'm I'm okay with that because it cuts both ways, but. It's, there's a lot of boxers out there. You can tell they can't change things. You know, it's just, they just have to go through the motions. But boxers are box better like any sportsman, any athlete, when they're happy. Your mind's got to be right. If you're not right up here, do not matter what you can do with your fists. You know, your mind's got to be right. So I'm Johnny's dad. I'll always tell him what I think is right and wrong. At the end of the day, he makes every decision. Johnny's his own man, and he's a clever man. Cleverer than me. He makes his own decisions, but I'll be there to advise him. If I think something's not right... I'll tell him, all day, all day long, every day.
0: Just finally, what, and it's, you can take this question exactly how you want and interpret it exactly how you want, but what do you think
1: drives your fight within you? What drives your fight? Always just, just family. As soon as you you know now, you're a father. As soon as you have a child, something inside you changes. You know, I've always, I've always been a a decent enough bloke i've always been all right i've never done any harm to anybody but i can remember the first day johnny was born saint changes inside you and then when you have two three four every time i've got to provide now you know i'm a dad whether people like it or not that's how you feel do you know what i mean you're the father of this of this house you've got to provide as best you can you know and uh it's it's that is the struggle that is what you know, you get up every day. Things don't go right. Things aren't aren't great. You're thinking, "Oh, how am I going to provide?" And I think a lot of men have that have that problem. A lot of men don't. A lot of men couldn't care less. Do you know what I mean? It's left to the woman to bring up kids on their own. But a lot of men do strive every day. How can how can I support my family? And that's what keeps me going. I mean, now thankfully, three out of the four are working. Not that you'd know it. No one pays any living money. They still got my fridge and eat all my food. But the odd time, they might say, come, Dad, I'll take you and treat you for something to eat. You know, so it's it's nice now. Life is getting easier that way, you know. But life don't get no easier. as The older they get, different problems. There's nothing better than just tucking them all up in bed at five, six o'clock, and you come downstairs and sit and do what you want. Nothing easier. But now when one's here, one's there, one's here, it's a nightmare, you is, know?
0: It, is it a different, obviously, me being a new dad, is it a, a different kind of worry? Uh, as they get older, obviously... Because I did wonder that due now, it's like I'm worrying about whether my my daughter's going to run into a door or not, right? But as she gets older, I obviously know that the problems will still be there or the concerns will still be there, but they'll just be at a different level.
1: Listen, I've just said, I just like said it, when they're all young, under your control, you worry, are they well, are they breathing, you know, like newborn babies, but they're fine, it's when they get older, the problems start. And not bad problems, it's just when they're driving, when they're out in a car. People can relate to this, you know. When they're at nightclubs and they're not answering their phones because they've got no charge, they, can't, they don't care less about ringing their mum. But, but like I remember when I used to go out, I never used to come until four or five o'clock in the morning. I was driving here, here there and everywhere. We never had phones. So you couldn't tell your mum. You know what I mean? It's just the phones are good because you can get in touch with someone, but they're not good when someone don't answer because you think what's wrong. But yeah, your problems will only get worse, Coogan, so uh, look forward to
0: it. <laughs> I just gave you a couple of, uh, or showed you a couple of yeah. videos from uh, from me being away with. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it, and my attitude at the minute is like, oh, I'll worry about it when I need to, but now it's like 18 months in, I'm like, where the, f my, my language, where the fuck did that 18 wow. months go? And it's like, yeah, but... I suppose if I need advice, I know where I'm coming. I'm coming straight to you.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. because, like you look back at photos and you think, you think, oh, that was 12 years ago. That's And you can remember it like it was yesterday. You know, you remember things and then you don't remember things. And that's, and that's scary, you know, but it just goes. It just goes. And you'll know that now you've got daughters. It, it will just go. Do you know what I mean? So enjoy it. Enjoy every day because every day is different. But, yeah, the problems will get worse, but you'll, you'll adapt to them. Like now, sometimes me, like Charlotte, I'll go, oh, 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 I'll go, look. Just cut off. You have to learn to cut off. Otherwise, you, otherwise you put yourself in early grave. You know, that's why I'm fat. That's why I've got no air because you're constantly worrying all the time. You know, if you're not worrying about business, about earning money, you're worrying about your kids. So sometimes you've just got to learn to, I think some, some of the best parents in the world are probably the ones that couldn't care less. Do you know what I mean? Because they're nice and calm, nice and chilled, but I'm, I'm not one of them, unfortunately. And I don't think you will be either.
0: That's a different podcast. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> John, thank you very much, uh, like I said, for doing this. Um, like I said, because even though we've, we, we speak and etc., and we've done a, a few bits on camera, it's, it's kind of nice to kind of just get different aspects, like a lot of stuff about you, your dad I didn't know myself. Yeah. So I'm grateful yeah. for you sharing that, et cetera. So, um,
1: yeah, and uh, no, appreciate your time. No, thank you, Coogan. As I said, I'm just a normal bloke, a normal dad of, of kids like millions of other people. You've all, you have got things, you know, that, happen in your life but you've just got to do as best you can all the time so you've got to keep striving as they say but no thank you very much for having me on and it's always a pleasure talking to yourself Bosh
0: (laughs) (laughs) you sorry just so I'll leave this in you went 50 odd minutes without saying Bosh Bosh
1: (laughs) I was going to leave it to you I thought you was going to say it this was going to be
0: Bosh free. thank you very (laughs) (laughs) much thank you very much